Let's continue with our series on set foot on the road never traveled. Today we'll be looking at Joshua chapter 23. The choice between blessing and curse. And uh, the last two chapters of the book of Joshua, chapters 23 and 24, we can uh, call these the uh, departing words of uh, Joshua. We may say that it is uh, his farewell to, uh, to the Israelites. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought of this, that if one day you and I would pass away, what would be the last words that we would be saying to our children? I'd like to encourage you to start thinking about it. Because if you don't start thinking about it, I'm afraid that you would all be, uh, you would just be saying nonsense to them. Unless you start thinking well about it. What are the important and meaningful words that you would want to uh, leave to your children? Before Jacob passed away, he called all his 12 sons to him. And Jacob, during the time he was truly Israel, Israel means the Prince of God. He understood he understood the will of God. And he declared to all his 12 sons what's going to happen to each one of them. Some of them were blessed, some of them were cursed. And before Joshua passed away, he called all the Israelites to him. And he asked all of them to take an oath that when I die, shouldn't bury me in Egypt. Rather, you should bring my bones out to the promised land. So the end of uh, chapter 51 is a casket. This, was no, this was, wasn't an ordinary casket. This was a casket of faith. Because of the, this casket is a declaration that there's going to be a day that all of us are going to come out of Egypt. During that time, Joshua was 101 years old. He knew that his time was up. So he called all the Israelites to him. And he preached two messages to them. The first message was directed to the leaders. And the second message was directed to all the people. First message focuses on the choice between blessing and curse. And second message focuses on the choice of service. Let's take a look at the first message today. The choice between blessing and curse. And I will take a look at this from three aspects. First, do not forget what God has done. 
Do not depart from God's present instructions. And do not ignore God's future judgment. The past, present, and the future. And this was Joshua's first message. First, he said that you should never forget what God has done in our midst. Take a look at the first two verses of chapter 23. Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials. Elders, leaders, judges, and officials. Though all of them were the very important leaders of the nation. The first message was directed to the leaders. Dr. John Maxwell has this very famous saying. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So in Chinese it can be translated as the leader is the reason for the rise and fall of everything. A nation, a company, a church, a family or a home. Leader is the most important. A leader determines whether uh, that place is going to succeed or fail. And our world today is really in chaos. And if you take notice of what's going on in our world today, you will notice that uh, our world is becoming more and more chaotic. And there's only one reason. Many nations really need good leaders. Dr. John Maxwell said another thing. Not everyone can become a great leader, but everyone can become a better leader. Evidently, Joshua was a great leader. But there are not too many Joshua's in this world. There are not too many Moses. But you and I, we can become better leaders. And when Joshua was about to pass away, so he called all the leaders to him. And his purpose was to make the leaders become better leaders. They will continue to lead the Israelites uh, into the promised land to worship God, to serve God. First, Joshua wanted all the leaders to think about what God has done for them in the past. People are very forgetful. We are very forgetful about many things. And that includes God's work in our lives. Unless we always take an account of what God has been doing, God's grace in our lives. So Joshua taught the leader something. You think about it. You recall what God has done in our midst. 
He taught the leader to think about, to recall two things. God's grace and God's plan. First, try to recall God's grace in our lives. Look at verse 3. You yourselves have seen everything that the Lord has, got, has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. You have seen with your own eyes what God has done in our midst. Now, during this time, Joshua was 101 years old. And in the past 20 years, God has done a lot of amazing things in their lives. And that includes the battle of Jericho. The battle for the city of Ai. And the battle for Gibeon. And the battle for Miron. All of these battles uh, only speak of one thing. If God was not with us, if God wasn't fighting on our behalf, today we wouldn't have had this promised land. And every time we recall God's work, First thing, we need to learn to give the glory to God. For everything is by God's grace. April 2 was uh, when we just celebrated our church's 36th anniversary. Today, uh, let me just recall with you what God has done with, for us in the past. And I'd like to explain this from three aspects. Number one, number one from the number of attendees. 36 years ago, our church came out from another church. During that time, all the number of people, the, the number of people was like 81 years old, and that includes uh, the, uh, the adults and the children. And during that time, we didn't have a place to uh, uh, hold our service. So for our worship service, we actually rented a place. And for fellowship, we went to a uh, member's uh, home. And later on, Alex's father, Kokdui, my father, he referred us to uh, purchase a property. And that is a property in Talayan. And that was the very first time that we were able to purchase a land. And under God's grace, Three years later, we had our own building. And uh, we, uh, we had a place for us to uh, worship God, to uh, hold our fellowship, and to share the gospel. And by God's grace, and God continued to add to the church daily the numbers of those who are being saved. And for our services, uh, from one service, we uh, increased that to two services and then after that, three services. And later on, we added a uh, youth worship. And later on, we also added a uh, Tagalog worship service. And then we had two batches of Sunday school. 
And this was all by God's grace. God continued to add to our church the number of people. And second, in uh, finances. Initially, we started out as not, not really being a, uh, a wealthy church. Every month, if, if our collection balances with our expenses, we would be praising God. But praise be to God's grace. God continued to bless us. And so the amounts of uh, deposit in the bank, in our bank account, continue to increase. And because the number of people continue to increase. And uh, we didn't have enough place anymore. Space. So we purchased the property of Mr. Lim, who is our neighbor in the Lion. And that was the second time that our church purchased a property. And we were holding our Sunday school and we were using it as a parking space. And in 2013, God prompted and moved our hearts. He allowed us to see the new mission and vision of our church. So from Talayan, the Lord led us out of the, from Talayan. We were able to purchase this property. And this was the third piece of property that we purchased. And we built this discipleship center. It was all beyond the capacity, our financial capacity. But uh, we didn't owe uh, even a single cent. We were able to complete this building. And this was really beyond our financial capacity. And it is all because of God's grace. And amongst co-workers in the past 36 years, God raised up a lot of co-workers in our midst. And we had a lot of uh, people who are faithfully serving God in our midst. We have our elders, we have our deacons. And I can uh, say this confidently. My co-workers are all very good co-workers. Everyone serve God with a pure heart. And not only that. In the, past, in the past 30 or so years, our church, I'll say, uh, uh, computed it. Rather counted it that uh, how many uh, pastors or preachers uh, we were able to up, raise up. Up to now. Up to today. Including those who are still in the seminary, we have around 20 people. And there are some co-workers that uh, we invited them to uh, work with us. And there are some co-workers who serve in other churches. And uh, currently, we now have 13 co-workers in our midst. And if the Lord allows, this year we may have two more. Imagine, Imagine this. That we have 15 full-time co-workers in our church. And it's more than enough. And when I came to CBCP, there was only me and uh, my wife. And uh, we have a secretary. 
And uh, Sister Cici, Pastor Cici. Cici, Cici, student center, Su Hong. Pastor Cici was then serving at the student center. So in our church, uh, there were only like three workers, co-workers. But today, including the church staff, we have around uh, 30 people. God raised up a lot of people who love the Lord in our midst. Church. When you recall God's grace in your life in the past, let me ask you how much of God's grace would you be able to uh, calculate? First, Joshua wanted the Israelites to think of God's grace. Second, he wanted them to recall God's plan. We see, therefore, that uh, in the midst of God's grace in our lives, there is God's plan. Look at verses 4 to 5. Remember how I have allotted an inheritance for your tribes, all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. God said to the Israelites, I will continue pouring down my grace upon you so that your lives will continue to be strengthened. And step by step, God is going to drive out your enemies before you. So we see that uh, there is a reason that God bestows His grace upon us so that we may have the power, the strength to be able to fulfill the plan that God has entrusted to us. Church, whenever God gives you the grace, surely there must be another reason. For if there is a privilege, there must be a responsibility. The more God's grace is, the responsibility would be greater. And he said, if I give you more grace, then you will be able to slowly drive out the enemies so that you will be able to completely obtain God's promised land for you. And it is a for us individually. Allow me to explain this using the church. When I started serving in CBCP in 1991, I had just been serving uh, a church for three years. And so when I came to CBCP, I didn't have much experience. I really didn't know uh, anything about the uh, mission and vision for the church. I was very simple. I just wanted the church to come together, to worship God together, serve God together. But when I came, I first made a five-year plan for the church. And there's only one reason for that five-year plan. I wanted the 
members of my church to have a very good foundation. And within those five years, we were able to build a very solid foundation. That is why we were able to raise up a lot of good co-workers. And on the sixth year of the church, we started to see evidently that numbers of people in the church was growing. And then later on, God led me to the U.S. to attend a purpose-driven life uh, seminar. And when I came back, I said to my co-workers, the church needs to have a purpose. The church needs to have a mission. So that uh, we all would know what we are doing here. So we wrote down the first mission statement of the church. The church exists to fulfill the great command and the great commission for the glory of God. And we started with the five purposes to uh, do the work of the church. And under God's blessing, the church continued to grow again. And that uh, the members uh, was uh, close to like a thousand people. But in 2013, God's work came to us again. And amongst the five purposes, God moved our hearts to focus on one very important purpose. And that is making disciples. And that is why we decided that the church should be an intentional disciple-making church. And we revisited our mission statement. And we wrote our mission statement even more clearly. And up until today, church, I want you to understand something very important. When God gives us the grace, it is as, not as simple as for me or for you. In God's, uh, God must have a plan. And likewise, it is likewise for the church, likewise for you. So let us not simply receive God's grace, but rather let's do work for the Lord. This is the first thing. The second thing, Joshua taught the leaders that they should not depart from God's present instructions. Verse 1. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, after the Israelites went through a seven-year period of battles, in principle, they already have the whole promised land in their hands. And for the next ten years, there was not uh, some any uh, big battles that went on. So for the next 10 years, the Israelites actually live a very peaceful life. Of course, it is good to have a peaceful life. But there is a danger. Rest can very often become complacency. So may the Lord help us. For this is the most frightening of all. When we slowly rest and become quiet, 
And so the things around us will slowly attract us and us. Our lives will become more careless. I'm sorry that I need to say this. And this is not directed toward you. For those people who are watching the live stream. Now, let me ask you, what, let me ask you what, why are you attending the live stream? Are you watching us from overseas? Or uh, do you have any physical ailment? Or you aren't able to uh, drive or come to the church uh, by, by any kind of uh, And this is a, a, it is a convenience for you. But if it is not for that reason, if uh, you feel that it's something very comfortable for you, something is wrong. Something is wrong. You need to examine yourselves. God gives us rest not to make us complacent. And this is a very famous theory. It's like uh, boiling a frog in warm water. If you throw a frog into a boiling water, it will immediately, immediately come But if you put a frog in light, warm water, it feels good. It's like a swimming pool for the frog. But then you slowly uh, add more fire. As you increase the temperature, Frog wanted to jump out, but it won't be able to do so anymore. Many Christians, where lies their failure? They don't fail in, in the midst of difficulties. They fail in times of peace and quiet. So may the Lord help us. Joshua, Encourage the leaders the second thing. Do not depart from God's present instructions for you. What is that instruction? Number one, you need to be careful to obey God's law for you. Look at verse 6. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Have you noticed this? Chapter 23, verse 6. It was Joshua's uh, words to the leaders. But in chapter 1, verse 7. These were the words of God to Moses in the past. Are they the same? Sang, 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 exactly the same. Thirty years ago, God said to Joshua, Moses, Moses my servant, now you, be, you rise up. You're going to carry on Moses' responsibility. Bring the Israelites into the promised land. And be strong and courageous. Obey my commands. And everything will go well for you. Right now, Joshua was about to uh, uh, leave this world. 30 years later, with the same words, he encouraged the leaders of the Israelites. 
อุสังบ Are they the same? Yes. Yes. Content sang sang sang. The content is exactly the same. There's only one difference. This is Yeshua Sabiki Kingdom experience. This were the experience. This were the experiences of Joshua for the past 30 years. In the past 30 years, he experienced God's presence with him. How he faced 31 kings. How everything went well for him. What is this? This is life testimony. Church. Parents amongst us. Grandparents or grandparents amongst us. What do you need to be doing right now? Not only to tell your children to read the Bible, to memorize Bible verses. Not to tell your children to attend Sunday school, to attend worship service. Yes, they're very important. But there is something that's even more important. Right now, you need to start sharing your life testimonies to your children and to your grandchildren. So that your children and grandchildren will know that the God that we believe in is a true and real God. If there is no testimony in your life, you should not uh, you should not demand that your children will trust in the Lord. For this is only about God's grace. Your responsibility is very simple. Tell about the God that you've experienced, the God that you believe in, to your children and grandchildren. So that with their own eyes, they'll, they'll be able to see that the God that my parents believed in or the God that my grandparents believe in is a real God. 22 years old, I came out to be a pastor. I am now 61 years old. I do hope only of one thing that my children will be able to see through my life that my God is real. And that is why I dare not be careless with my life. And I'm not perfect. But I am not careless either. Especially in the matter of faith. I will not dare be careless. Not for my own sake, but rather for my children and grandchildren. May God help us. Obey the commandments that God has entrusted to you. Second, we need to keep the purity of your faith. Take a look at these two passages. Chapter, uh, chapter 23, verse 7 to 8. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. It's the first thing. You need to hold fast to the Lord your God. Take a look at the second passage. Verses 12 to 13. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, 
They will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. These two passages is a comparison. Verses 7 to 8. Joshua reminded the leaders of the Israelites that you must uh, trust in the Lord your God wholeheartedly and you must uh, keep the purity of your faith. Only by then will God continue to bless you. And then in verses 12 to 13, it's the opposite. If you depart from the Lord your God and intermingle uh, yourselves with the Canaanites, intermarriage, intermarry with them, and, uh, uh, and intermingle, associate with them, and worship their gods together, then you will surely perish in the promised land. And in the original text, it's very meaningful. Holding fast and ally are the same words in the original text. So Joshua showed the Israelites something very important here. This is your choice. This is your choice. Which are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to hold fast to the Lord your God or ally yourselves with the, uh, with the Canaanites? God gives us the freedom. You can make your own choice. You can make your own choice. But the result is before you. Either, either you perish or you are blessed. Church. Life is the sum of your choices. Life is the sum of your choices. What kind of a person we have become today? All of them came about because of the choices that we made. When we were younger, parents made the, the choices for us. Where we go to study? What kind of clothing we wear? And uh, bringing us to uh, Sunday school in, uh, on Sundays? Our parents made the choice for us. But now that we're grown-ups, we, we make our own choices. What kind of work we want to be doing? What business are we going to go into? And who you would, would you want to be your friends? Or even choosing my future spouse? Or you can choose to serve or not to serve. All of them are your own choices. And so the result is what you are today. So please take note. Today is a result of the choices that you made in the past. And what kind of a person you're going to become in the future is a result of the choice you're going to be making today. And in the matter of faith, we need to keep the purity of our faith. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will love the one or hate the other, or give more importance to the one or to the other. You can only choose to serve one God. 
And this is your choice. The last thing, do not ignore God's future judgment. Because every choice has a consequence to it. Take a look at chapter 23, verse 14. Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of the old not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Joshua says, My time is up. I'm about to go the way of the earth. But simply put that I'm going to lead the stage of this life. But he wasn't afraid. Because he knew that he has already fulfilled the plan or the mission that God has given him. He has led and brought the Israelites into the promised land. My work is finished. And the only thing that is a bit of a worry for him is the future of the Israelites. Will they continue serving God or serving another God? So Joshua reminded the Israelites of two things. Number one, please remember, our God, the Lord, He is a faithful God. Not one of the promises that God has given us has not been fulfilled. He is a faithful God. We need to continue to put our trust in our faithful God. Church, let me ask you a question. How can you tell that your God is a faithful God or not? It's only one way. Use your whole life to experience His faithfulness. There's no other way. It's not just simply speaking or talking about it. But rather, it is your whole life experience. When Jacob was about to pass, he called his uh, most beloved son, Joseph, to him. And he said something very special to him. Genesis chapter 48, verse 15. Uh, then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. My shepherd all my life to this day. He's my shepherd who's uh, shepherd, uh, shepherded me all my life. During the time, Jacob was 147 years old. And he said within 147 years, he is the only God and he is the one who shepherded me all my life. Why did Jacob say this? Because Jacob himself was a shepherd. He knew what it is to shepherd. Not only to feed the sheep. And if the sheep are sick, you've got to take care of them. If they're lost, you've got to look for them. And if they misbehave, 
You have to discipline them. And he said, This God is the one, is a, He shepherded me in this manner. But the shepherd will never forsake his flock within a span of 147 years. Jacob knew his God to be a faithful God. What about you? I don't know how long you've been a Christian. And in your life, what kind of a God is God in your life? Second, he said, pay attention. The Lord our God, He is the God of blessing and disasters. And look at verse 15. But just as all the good things that the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so He will bring on you all the evil things He has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land that He has given you. Our God is a God who blesses us. He blesses us with a lot of good things. We all agree that. But, uh, Joshua said something else. The Lord our God is also the God who sends catastrophes. Church. There is no catastrophe or disaster in this world that didn't come from God. If God didn't allow it, it will never happen in our midst. And that includes the uh, COVID-19 the past three years. And that includes a lot of the tsunamis, earthquakes, a lot of uh, typhoons, a lot of flooding. There is no catastrophe that didn't come from God. Don't you ever say that that is not true, that this is from the devil? No. No. It is from God. Because our God is a God who is in control of disasters, catastrophes, as well as blessing. Think about this. If catastrophe didn't come from God, then, then there, is, there are two gods in this world. A God who sends blessing and a, another God who sends disasters. But then this God who sends blessing cannot stop this God who sends disaster. Then our God is not the Almighty God. Then our God is not the only one true God. And the truth tells us every disaster, every catastrophe comes from God. But every blessing comes from God. He is the God who sends blessing as well as sends disasters. Of course, our God is never careless. Whenever He sends His blessing, when He sends His blessing, or when He sends His catastrophes, there is God's principle within. Look at verse 16. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which He commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, 
the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish from the good land He has given you. Very clearly. If you trust God and obey God's commands, and do the things that are pleasing to God, I'm going to send down my blessing upon you. But if you turn away from my commands, and serve other gods, and then I will send my disaster on you. This is the general principle. And you may ask, what about Job? Job was uh, very godly. He didn't do anything wrong. Job is really very exceptional. But please remember, this world, there's only one Job, no other. Because God said, There is no one on earth like this man. He's uh, completely uh, perfect. He's, uh, he departs from evil. So whenever you experience disaster, don't you go around and saying that I am Job. Yeah, please uh, think about it before you say that. Are you really perfect? Uh, somebody who, uh, uh, who is really godly and who departs from evil? If not, in general principle, in general principle God blesses, but God uh, sends uh, disaster as well. And it all depends on whether you may have done something right or something wrong. And Joshua set before the leaders of the Israelites both blessing and curses. Make your choice. Make your choice. Make your choice. Which one are you going to choose? And this passage of the Bible. 13 times is mentioned this. The Lord your God, the Lord your God. Joshua, time and again, reminded the Israelites, the leaders of the Israelites, the Lord your God, the, He is your God, He loves you. But uh, within that love is discipline. The, if the Lord our God disciplines us, it is because He loves us. So, church, we need to, very, to make a very definite choice. Do you want God's blessing or God's curse? May God help us. We have seen that there are indeed some people who have been blessed by God. We can really see with our own eyes that everything that they do go well. And I've seen with my own eyes how a family, in a family, that God uh, uh, gives them one problem after another. Now, I don't know because I am not God. But may God help you. Make a right choice. That you make a right choice. Do you want God's curses or God's blessing? God will never be careless. Plus, uh, but you be, uh, you shouldn't be careless either. May God be with you. Next week, we're going to conclude the study on the book of Joshua. The last message. 
the choice of service. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. That when Joshua was about to pass away, he gave these two very important messages to the Israelites. Today we have seen the choice of blessing and curses. Because our God is the God who blesses, our God is the God who sends disasters. As well. Yet our God is never careless. He is the God of truth. He will do everything according to the truth. May God help your church to make a right choice. Although we do not know what will happen to us in the, in, uh, in the, in the future. Yet we are willing to step on the path of truth. We entrust uh, all the brothers and sisters into your hands. May God bless us. May God experience that our God is a true God, He's real and He's faithful. May God bless you. Hear our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.